0: All right, great to have you with us on this Friday. Today's show brought to you by Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And how about these specials? Between now and Tuesday, Milwaukee Best, regular light and ice. 24-pack cans, nine ninety-five. dollars 95 Schaffer Hoffer uh, 12-pack uh, cans, $4.95. And Scheiderbach, twelve pack bottles, twelve ninety seven. And of course the pickle bar is there. And indeed the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills is indeed second to none. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motor Studio. We'll be joined by Jerry Fisher in just a few moments. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. First of all, our play-by-play calls of the day. James Harden unloads with 58 last night against Miami. From the park. And the shot clock was running down, so he had to shoot it. Oh, what a shot! Waiters had a chance to add three points to the scoreboard. Couldn't do it, and James back. Oh, how did he make that? Defense by Miami, very good. I don't care how good your defense is, you can't stop that. Yeah, your defense is really good. He scored 58 on you last night. It wasn't that good. (laughs) All right. Uh three and a half decades, almost four decades for Jerry Fisher as the play-by-play voice of Lady Line basketball. He's decided to retire after this season. He and his wife Andrea are moving to Arizona. And uh, his final Jordan Center game, his final home game, will be tomorrow at three o'clock when the Lady Lions take on Nebraska. And with that, we uh, do bring in the here to the Sunbury Motor Studio, the longtime play-by-play voice of Lady Line Basketball, Jerry Fisher. But it's more than just Senior Day. Senior Citizens Day. <laughs> and that is the voice of a person for four decades has been the voice of Lady Lion Basketball. It is scheduled to be his final game in the Jordan Center, Jerry Fisher. Jerry, welcome and congratulations on what you've accomplished.
1: Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and as as you know, uh, being in the business, it's a labor of love. Uh, I love the game of basketball uh, ever since I was a kid and just uh, following in my dad's footsteps, lucky enough to do that and have him as a mentor uh, it's 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 been a blast.
0: Yeah, we'll get to your dad a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, because there's there's plenty to talk about there, but there's plenty to talk about what you've done. Two thousand, when they made the final four and went to Philadelphia. When did you get a sense? Because it look, it's only happened once, so it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. But when did you get a sense that maybe this is something different and special?
1: As far as that team? Yeah, team. Well, that team was uniquely uh, independent. Uh, they they really had a camaraderie. It was a very special team because, as you said, not having made the Final Four before, um, you, you kind of don't expect it to happen, even though you want it to happen. Sure. Um, and 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 the, the, when I really had a, a, a good feeling that they were going to make it is when they won the Elite Eight game, uh, when they beat Kansas State uh, on an unbelievable play by Helen Darling, uh, an offensive rebound and a putback, and then had to stop uh, Kansas State after that, I think they were going right. to do it because they didn't win the Big Ten tournament that year. Right. In fact, that's why I'm bald now. Uh, <laughs> I made I made a bet with them, uh, with Helen Darling and Andrea Garner, that if they won the Big Ten tournament, they could shave my beard, which I have had forever. Yes. And if they go to the Final Four, they could shave my head, and there's no way in the world, you know, we're thinking my hair is safe because we would never been there before. Um, But when they beat uh, Kansas State, and even though they had Louisiana Tech, which has been a longtime nemesis uh, in the tournament, I I still had a pretty good feeling that that, that this might be the year.
0: And then you get to that moment how and i know we'll get to more about your dad but how influenced were you by some of the great calls your father made in terms of the call you wanted to make to get to the final four
1: i i never told anybody this until semi-recently um because of me stepping down here after this year but i had when we beat kansas state i wanted to do something to pay tribute to my father right um, and as everybody remembers, when Penn State won the first national championship, his call was three, two, one, Penn State's national champions. Right. So when, uh, I, I made up my mind prior to the Louisiana Tech game, and then lo and behold, we dominated Louisiana Tech that entire game, right. uh, for the right to go to the final four. So what I decided to do was I was going to try to mimic his, uh, call of that national championship football game by, uh, doing somewhat the same thing for the, uh, the for the Final Four win, so I basically did three, two, one. Penn State's going to Philadelphia, so right. it, yeah, that was a. And I didn't tell my father that until like I think five or six years later, and it, he he liked it. <laughs> Needless well, to say, because
0: I, that was my next question was going to be, did he figure it out? Right oh no, away? he didn't figure it out. My dad
1: was not good at figuring things out like that. Uh, he 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 would be quick to point out what I did wrong. Yeah, oh, or But he was my biggest critic, but uh, because he was my biggest critic. Well, he was just trying crit- to teach Absolutely. Was
0: not, that was not being critical. There's a difference yeah. between being critical and saying, hey, maybe, you know, you ought to tweak this or
1: tweak Yeah, he that. never yeah. said you sucked at that, Jerry. So yeah. th- that was that was a positive thing. Yeah, and he, he didn't tell us <laughs> that either, <so. laughs> The
0: uh, It's interesting because they were a, a lot like, there's so many great pro teams that we've seen. Like the Raiders got close for a long time. There was a period of time where the Cowboys were like that. Couldn't break through, and you knew they were really, really good.
1: And they're back in that position, right? That but, was that was for my friend Matt. Yeah. But how
0: frustrating did that get when you knew you were st- one of the best, and it just like that last step was always—you know—you're close, you weren't there. And-
1: Without getting into every one of the seasons, it right. always seemed there was something that got in the way. Yeah. Whether it was Louisiana Tech, as I uh, mentioned before. Or always seeming to run into Connecticut, yeah. Before the tournament, before the I, Final Four, I
0: remember you complained that going to Hartford that one year you complained to me. We were the number so we these, were the number
1: one seed. We we had to right. go play on their home floor, yeah. And and the, and the women's game has has changed quite a bit over those over the years. So it's it's not as obnoxious as that. Yeah. It said um, you go to Bridgeport. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we just went right down the road. <laughs> um, but there were two, two consecutive years that we were sent to Louisiana tech, right? Uh, so you know, things like that. And, and I understand it was, it's a monetary thing. It's all about the dollars and you have to, you have to create dollars to keep the game going and to promote the game and keep, get the game bigger than it is. But there were some times in the old days where there, it wasn't quite as level playing field as it, as it, maybe it should have been.
0: What was it about Reenie Portland that right away you sensed that this is somebody that if I work with, this is going to be fun?
1: Well, first of all, uh, I was involved in getting the Lady Lion Cager Club up and running. Uh, myself, Jack Enfield, uh, mm-hmm. Cheryl Speakman, oh, yeah. who was a State Ho- state College High School basketball coach, um, Diane Gustine. Uh, we all met in Patty Miser's living room mm-hmm. with Reenie to talk about uh, starting a Cager Club or a Booster Club uh, to follow Penn State women's basketball, she had the foresight to say that, you know, this is a good idea. Let's let's try to do this. So I had an idea then that she was up for new ideas and things along those lines. So I walked into her office, which was office, yes. uh, right before she got it, yeah. um, and uh, I basically said to her, how do you feel about uh, me doing your basketball games on the radio? She didn't bat an eyelash. She said, yeah. sure, why not? Yeah. You know, she had the foresight to realize that it, it can't hurt. I mean, it's not going to hurt anything to have yeah. the games on the radio yeah. and uh, and uh, fourteen fifty WMaj where where you were working as well. Uh, we got it all put together, and I had no idea what it involved. Uh, <laughs> making phone calls to make sure there was a phone line, and yes, you young people listening out there, there were phone lines mm-hmm. in those days. Yeah. Um, and you know the sales packages and all that other stuff put together. Uh, she had the vision. She was she was a visionary, not only for Penn State women's basketball, but she was a visionary for women's basketball as a whole. It used to have a rotary phone with a big plug yeah, in the middle,
0: right. and you take you take the phone off the hook, and there was a white you know the t- you pull the white plug up, and that allowed you to broadcast. Once you hooked it into a board, that's For, how you did
1: it. T Frank's wondering what what you, what, what are you that's talking? You about? I don't
0: I don't know what's changed yeah. yet <laughs>
1: around here. That's how we
0: yeah. do it. <laughs> just so just so you know, it's a, here, we just, just got out of just, reel to look, reel. Look,
1: I saw one in the other studio. Look,
0: just pull the string taut at the under, <laughs> other end of the tin can. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it, it, you know, in back in the old days, and I jumped in my car and I drove everywhere. Yeah. Uh, because. I couldn't get on the bus. They didn't. They they frowned on that at the time. Uh, couldn't travel with the team because of insurance purposes and things like sure. that. And I, and I get that. And so I would uh, drive my Dodge Dart and sometimes my <laughs> light blue Pinto station wagon. Oh God, it remember. was a it was a chick magnet. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would I would just drive my car to every event, and that included all those schools in the Atlantic Ten, West Virginia. And, New Hampshire, all over the place. Now, obviously, not
0: always, but you know, for example, you flew back from Michigan State, and then you'll fly. You know, you're actually driving to Indianapolis next week because didn't you go to Arizona after that? After a while, did the travel get to you at all? Sometimes when somebody's done it for a long time, it's the travel part that gets to them.
1: It was. was, And and believe it or not, and you you travel charter with the team, and there's not a whole lot of time to do stuff. Everybody, oh, you're traveling all over the country and seeing all these wonderful places. You fly, you go to your room, you get up, you go to breakfast, you go to shoot around, you sit in your room for an hour and a half, then you go to the game. So there's not a whole lot of uh, glamour uh, with the travel. And you're not there for glamour. You're there to do a job. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the travel. I've I been to Hawaii twice, been to Alaska oh, sure. twice yeah. and all that other stuff. I really enjoyed the travel, but yes, it, it, it could it could get to start. Get no, to just
0: you. You know, it gets tired. Yes. It's, it's, you know, I mean, that's, and, and, and I it, don't
1: sleep so good outside of my bed. So uh-huh. yeah, no, the, 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 yeah. Okay. which makes it tough.
0: Yeah. That does make it very, very tough along the way. The, um, the last championships they had with Maggie Lucas and that group. How gratifying was that for you? Because obviously there had to be a rebuilding process that had to take place to get there. Well,
1: obviously, anytime you win, uh, it's it's very gratifying, and it's unfortunate that the team is struggling right now. And I, I kind of, if I diverge a little or diverse or get off track a little bit, Tanaya Page is probably one of the greatest women's basketball players Sixth? to have played here. But yeah. No one's going to know it because yeah. the team around her, not the team around her, but the the success of the team the itself, yeah, is is going to keep her from being recognized as one of the greatest players here at Penn State. She's, women's players,
0: right? She's one of six two thousand point scorers in the history. Of she's, fourth of in the
1: con- she's fourth in the country. She's fourth overall now, the whole country. Yeah, a, well, no, fourth a, uh, fourth career, here. yeah, career at Penn State. She
0: said, and she's been hurt. Uh, she and, has an ankle
1: and, twisted. An ankle at the uh, north at the uh, Minnesota game. Um, and Alicia Smith going down in the Northwestern game. So that's 30 points you've lost from your starting lineup.
0: How do you like uh, the uh, new broadcast location in Minnesota? Don't even get me started.
1: (laughs) And and you know what I said to uh, Corbu Stace is
0: the... I think I I tried to tell you.
1: (laughs) Corbu Stace you did. Corbu Stace is the women's play-by-play announcer for Minnesota. And I looked at him and I said... You know, I remember when I started doing this, there wasn't anybody doing radio, and there wasn't anybody right. doing television. Right. And boy, they were very gracious to have radio people yeah. be there and do the games, especially the women's yeah. games. Yeah. And now the TV has all the money. Yeah. This is what happens to us. We get stuck in the corner. I mean, uh, you could have used binoculars from that location. Yeah.
0: At, at least when uh, Penn State played at UMass at Curry Hicks Cage. You're in the corner, but it's a small building. It's a 4,000-seat building. When we talk about you're in the corner, you're in the corner. (laughs) You're in the corner up.
1: It, it, well, the only bonus is the
0: elevator is actually
1: close. No, it. I didn't. couldn't find the elevator, so I carried my case up there. Okay. Tarman <laughs> has to carry everything anyway. You don't carry anything. That's not true. <laughs> I, well, we
0: got, well, we have to do something. I, I help.
1: <laughs> it's, you know,
0: that one was like,
1: hey, I found an elevator,
0: so it kept me from carrying it.
1: <laughs> well, and, and, and again, I, you, you and I are both old-timers, and again, again, when people forget what how things were. Yeah. They they don't remember how things were and what got you to where you are. Radio was all there was in the old, especially in women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Radio was all there was. And now radio just keeps getting pushed farther and farther away mm-hmm. because of television. And I understand it. It's a dollars and cents thing, but it's a little
0: That's what I found interesting. disenchanting. That's what I found interesting about the Rose Bowl. In 2009 when I did the game, we were at the goal line. Mm-hmm. And actually, USC was actually to our left. Well, this is the last one I did a couple of years ago. We are at the 45-yard line I'm thinking, hey, <laughs> something, something good happened. That's pretty good. <laughs> something really good happened. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. The, uh, when you look at how everything's evolved, you talk about your, your, how your father would you know, tell you, try this, try that. Mm-hmm. Where do you know yourself that you're better now than when you started? You just know it.
1: Well, I used to overly prepare. Mm-hmm. Uh <clears throat> as I'm sure you understand, you over if you over prepare for something, you get so much in your mind that you don't know what to use. And I'm getting a thumbs up from T Frank over there. Mm-hmm. Uh so basically what I've done is I've scaled back, <clears throat> excuse me, in the past 10 years or so, I've scaled back in my preparation as far as numbers and and little things like that. Because I understand the game not not that I understand the game better, I understand what oh, you, you, the you, listeners yeah. want a little bit more uh than i than maybe I used to in the beginning
0: i obviously I know you're moving and this is a family decision that you're moving um better be it, it, yeah <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but did you feel like it would you know if this didn't come up to go to Arizona, the two of you and the two of you fell in love with the place, I understand that, and you're gonna enjoy living out there. But did you feel like it was time? Yes. Or? And, I, and I'll point that
1: out. Why? My father had a, a conversation with me uh, probably three, two, three years before he stepped down. You know the year better than I do. Okay, his final year. 82. 82. Um, you mean the first time? No, the, was second, the second time. time well,
0: ni- 99. 99. 99. 99.
1: The second time he, he stepped down, he, he pulled me aside and he said, you know, I, I'm going to step aside after next year because there's a point in podcasting where you realize you're not quite as sharp as you have always been. And to be perfectly honest with you, and I don't know the reason, maybe I'm getting a little senile or whatever. I'm not as sharp as I was. Okay. Uh, and that was an indicator for me that maybe it's time and you know, the, the circumstance with Arizona and my wife getting a fantastic job out there. Uh, and the fact that I wasn't as sharp as I had been, or I didn't feel I was as sharp as I had been. Hey, nobody said anything to no, no, but No, no one no. said a word to me. This was uh, totally my own perception. Uh, because of that, I decided, you know, this is probably, a, I think everything just kind of fell in place. You've given back so
0: much to the State College area. It's always been in your nature to do that. You've. Always it's been, been in our, my
1: family's nature.
0: Yes, it's always been in your family's nature to, to do that. Uh what kind of driving force were both your parents to send both Jeff and you in the direction of giving back and then taking it to an, another level beyond that?
1: It's simple. Uh, my father was a giving person, as you know, because you worked with him. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and and my mother was the same way. Uh, if my mom, there's a tree, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> there's a tree uh, planted on number 14 on the Penn State Blue yes. Course with my mom's name on it, yep. because no matter what the golf tournament was for yep. whatever chariot it was for, uh, no one was allowed to be the, the marshal on that hole other yes. than her. So, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. My father always volunteered at anything that needed to be done. Uh, and it just, it, it kind of came naturally um, from the second mile golf tournament to the c- c- coaches, helping out with coaches versus cancer to uh, the youth service bureau where, where my wife used to work. Um, to anything else, it was just a natural thing for us to want to be involved and help the community in any way we could.
0: All right, one more half hour with Jerry as he enters into the final game of his Lady Lion broadcasting career, which will be Saturday regular at 3 season o'clock. game. Regular
1: season. C- I, I meant at I meant at the Jordan Center. <laughs> okay. I meant at the Jordan Center.
0: I, I apologize. I hope we that.
1: get a couple more in, out at the out at the tournament.
0: That'd be great. You never know. Tonight, Paige gets back in there, scores mm-hmm. some points, make a move. You know, then they win the tournament. Now you're looking at Andrea. Flying, saying, flying yeah, back yeah. from Arizona. <laughs> Arizona. where are we going now? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we're going to keep Jerry over into the next uh, half hour. Uh, more to talk about. A lot more to talk about, uh, Jerry, with your dad. Uh, I want to talk about your dad. I know you want to talk about your dad, as you mentioned earlier. And your mom as well, but we'll talk about your dad and uh, what he meant to you, what he meant to Penn State as well. Today's show brought to you by Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. One half hour to go here as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, final half hour. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. Let's stock up for the weekend right now. Make that drive over now. That's some great specials there. Some of the specials they have at Brewers Outlet between now and Tuesday, by the way. Make note of Milwaukee's best regular light and ice, 24-pack cans, 995. Maybe you like Schoffer for 12 pack cans, 495. Shinerbach Bock twelve pack bottles just twelve ninety seven. Whether it's an import, a domestic, a microbrew, it's the best selection of beer anywhere. The wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day, and the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And we're in the Sunbury Motor Studio, Jerry and I here today. Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and uh, very pleased that Jerry has decided to stay over for the full hour with us. And uh, we're going to touch on a few other things uh, that we talked about earlier, including a little bit more about your mom and your dad. Let's get, let's get to your dad for a moment. Sure, you know, anytime. Uh, I, I want to start with this. What were growing up? Saturday mornings and Saturday evenings, like in the Fisher household around a game day, he
1: was gone. I mean, he he was up and out of there. Especially when we lived in Lewistown, when we first started his first game was September twentieth, nineteen sixty nine. Penn State defeated Navy forty five to twenty. I'm sure you knew that, <laughs> Mister, <laughs> uh, photographic memory. No, that was his first game, and he 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 was a, a, a consummate preparation guy. He took uh, I'll never forget he took. My Monopoly board and took it and covered the f- one side in blue and covered the other side in white and used round stickers yeah. and wrote every player's number, name, height, and weight and position and put them on the boards uh, so that the top half would be the offense of Penn State, the bottom half would be the defense of the other team. And then whenever we were on, Penn State was on defense, he just flipped the whole board over. So I, I had a blast watching him getting ready for games. Uh, it wasn't really over that that overly exciting. Uh, my dad was a big part of a a group of tailgaters called the Farkles, and I. If, and this will go back to the Laugh-In days, but the Farkles yes. were a group of people that based were based in Lewistown, where we lived, and I don't remember what game they were at. They always did one road game. Uh, and my father called f- to make dinner reservations for about 15 or 20 of the people. And the guy on the other hand goes, yeah, we have room. Uh, can I have a name? And my dad goes, Farkle. Uh, first name, Fran. <laughs> Fran Farkle. So the guy's like, okay, buddy, whatever. Thank you very much. So they show up at the restaurant, and they all come walking in, and the maitre d' or the cedar guy uh, looks at the, cr- the crew of about 15 or 20 people, and he goes, oh my God you're the Farkles. so that's how the name Farkle they have a they have a, a crest that has a bloody Mary in it and a lion's paw um, and uh, if you were a member of the Farkels uh, your first name began with an F like you would be fi Farkel uh, Thomasmas Farkle, and lucky me it was fairy Farkle. <laughs> but they, and, and they traveled all over the place they were an amazing group of people
0: all right now the story about jerry jeff and fran go to the press box at beaver stadium with a tape measure
1: well my dad grabbed jeff and i and we went up to beaver stadium and this goes back i don't even know how many years ago i i want to say i might even have even been in high school at the time which was in the 70s and uh this was before there was a paved parking lot behind the press box so there were it was grass And my dad starts measuring and doing things with this tape measure, and we're holding one end, and we have no idea what he's doing. And finally, we said, what are you doing? And he said, you know, I think we can sell these parking spaces. And it was uh, what Steve brought it up. uh, They were called honorary coaches spots at the time. But if you want to talk about a bit of a visionary, look how many of those parking spaces they sell now.
0: Honorary coach is what it was called. And, and when I talk about and it was good parking, too. No, oh, because it was I mean, it.
1: It was, cl- I mean, I'm
0: talking like I walk out, I'm in the stadium. Yeah. I'm out of my car. You I'm get out of your stadium. car, you're right there. Yeah, that's that's how close the old honorary coach spots used to be. The logo, which amazingly endures to today.
1: One of my favorite stories of my dad's. He, he went to Joe Paterno, who was the athletic director at the time, and uh, – said Joe, I think the athletic department needs a mark. This is way back before uh branding and all this other stuff was right. going on. I mean way before that uh he said to joe uh i I think you need a mark. I think the athletic department needs a mark. What do you think? Ah, I don't care <laughs> now talk to the other coaches. see what they think it's not going on the it's helmet. not going on. So he went uh, and talked to the other coaches, and one of the important things about it from the other coaches was they didn't want it to be a fierce lion. They didn't want teeth. They didn't want growls. They wanted something classy. So Dad went back and told Joe this. Uh, Joe said, okay, see what you can put together. Uh, and then Dad worked with a New York-based company, uh, marketing company, and they came up with the logo that you now see on Beaver Stadium and is is recognizable everywhere as the Penn State Athletic logo.
0: Are you amazed how it's endured? Because obviously you're going to get over time. People want to make a change, make a tweak. At one point in the 90s, they right. tried to go. Remember, I, they put it up there and Joe goes, looks fierce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But are you amazed at the staying power of now approaching 40 years
1: Yes I am but I think that 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 lends credence to the fact that homework was done uh vetting was done and they came up with this logo and it was so uh, so widely accepted that there was no way it was going to not be accepted after a period of time I just think uh it's classy look which I I have yet to hear anybody say they don't like that logo no. I mean, it's been called the chipmunk before, but at, when, that was back in the time of change, and you know how people are with change. I don't want change, so
0: <laughs> or the monk,
1: You're the monk, yeah. you know, which was
0: the short for chipmunk. They called <laughs> the monk, you know? yeah. Like okay, great. Uh, obviously, you know, working with with John Grant, he worked with Mickey Birdstein. but primarily he worked with Jim Tarman. and Tom Bender, Yeah, Tom Bender back back yeah you know, when your dad was in in the third role, right? I guess at that time, but. Jim Tarman and George Paterno, what was it like in talking to your dad about working with those two guys in particular?
1: Just class. I mean, they they were class people. Jim Tarman is probably one of the classiest guys I've ever met. Yep. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, John Grant was the same thing. Yep, John's,
0: John was awesome to me. Um,
1: George Paterno was was George. I mean, <laughs> yeah. how do you not like the guy? And And he loved everybody, so... Uh, in, uh, and I had a chance to meet all these people and 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 kind of rub elbows with them and and it was it was just a wonderful thing and I'll never forget my parents' fiftieth fiftieth an- wedding anniversary. Uh, we had a big thing out at Top Trees and I never saw Joe Paterno dance like Joe Paterno yeah. danced that night with yeah. Sue. Yeah.
0: I'll ask you about your mom, because obviously we talk a lot about your dad, and justifiably so. We're in the business. He was the voice of Penn State football, and he was the voice of Penn State football when nine of those 11 games were on radio and were not on TV.
1: But your mom,
0: what what was your mom like to Jeff and you? Because dad had to travel sometimes.
1: (laughs) She was mom.
0: Right? Yeah. And also, but what was she like in support of what your dad did?
1: It was it kind of it's funny you should ask that because it kind of went hand in hand because my father when he would go speak my mom was always yeah. right there on the dais right uh if he had to speak in Brockway or if he had to speak in Harrisburg or Pittsburgh as you know you travel around and speak quite a bit uh my my mom always made the trip and that's not to say they were avoiding us meaning my brother and I yeah they went so together they and it was just an amazing uh amazing couple that they were uh because my dad was on the road a lot um with basketball because he did basketball he for started he started the basketball yeah. network he yep. started it um and just uh, I, I have all the admiration in the world for my mom just because she put up with my dad <laughs>
0: <laughs> was there a point though i mean look i know there's travel that has to be done and so forth but i mean in raising you you know how important was your mom in the raising part of it? Well,
1: she was the raiser, yeah. for lack of a better term. She's the one that I went to because dad was on the road a lot. Yeah. Uh, she was the one I went to. She was the one that I'm not going to say my dad didn't care as much oh, no, as my he absolutely mom did, but but my mom was the one that was in charge and and took care of us uh, when we needed to be taken care of.
0: Uh, your mom also worked at Old Main. At she point.
1: worked at she. Here's a, an interesting thing for you. Back when Penn State football was under the auspices of the Penn State, uh, the uh, uh, College of Physical Education, Bob Scannell Scannell was the uh, dean, and my mom was his personal secretary. So uh, we knew what was going on. For bowl trips, we always knew things ahead of time. That that (laughs) helps.
0: (laughs) What were the challenges of your father then getting in uh, and running the Nittany? What now is the Nittany Lion Club? I
1: can't really speak to that, Steve, to be honest with you, except that I know that he he did yeoman's work with the Nittany Lion Club to get it to the level of where it was when he decided to step away. Uh, he worked tirelessly uh, with the Nittany Lion Club. He also worked tirelessly, If and I believe I'm accurate with this, he was one of the uh, pioneers of licensing, okay. uh, to, uh yeah. to, to, when he worked on that logo and all these right. other things. Uh, licensing kind of came... Uh, in, Probably learned
0: a lot from doing that. Uh, that you had to trademark, <laughs> yep. license it, copyright it.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, and Penn State, uh, let's face it, they've made a lot of money because of yeah. of licensing and the trademarking and and all of that. So, But getting back to the Nittany Lion Club part of things, I think he set the stage. The Nittany Lion Club was in fledgling years at the time he took over, um, and he worked closely with the, the coaches in the athletic department, to, just to make sure that everything was done the proper way.
0: Have you had a chance to sit back and look at all the great moments? like We can talk about the great moments your father had, but you've had some awesome moments as well. Have you had a chance to step back and think about that at all? Or is that something that between Indianapolis and Tucson yeah. you're going to think about?
1: Yeah, that 20-hour drive, I'll have lots <laughs> of time to think about it. I've gotten a little emotional every once in a while because uh, it's it's coming to an end. Uh, a month ago, I would have told you that I don't think it's ever going to end right. uh, because I couldn't wait to get out to Arizona with my wife. But I didn't want to leave the program. Right. I wanted to continue doing what I was doing. Um, but I've tried to sit back and think. And, and Ethan Gelfand, the director of basketball operations, asked me, what What are you going to miss the most? And uh, to be honest with you, I'm going to miss the relationship with the kids. Right. Uh, talking, I've, I've re- gotten a real nice relationship with Tanaya Page where we're always the first ones at breakfast, so we sit there and talk and, right. uh, about whatever. Um, and uh, Susie McConnell ha- uh happened to be up for a game the other day, so I had her on at halftime, and we saw each other in the hall, up in the concourse. And I didn't know she was there right. because she didn't want to make a big deal about coming up. And the next thing I know, I'm I'm locked, you know, arm in arm with sure. with Susie, with a with a like a t- t- seemed like a twenty minute hug. Um, uh, Cam Gissendanner. Uh, Julia Tregell, Susan Robinson. I mean, just and, and I'm going to get in trouble because I'm going to start forgetting names. That's okay. But just just the kids and the relationships that I developed with uh, players and former players is is very very special.
0: Last Thursday night at the Purdue game, uh, they did a tribute to you where there were a variety of faces that were on there. What was that like for you to sit there and then then start seeing like oh. Oh! Oh! Oh!
1: They did what? I didn't. I I was unaware of this.
0: Oh! I thought last Thursday they did something to you. No, I'm able to do it Saturday. <laughs> 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 I thought it was last Thursday. It was supposed to do it because I told you. Nice. Tim <laughs> well, no, I was told last Thursday. You, no, I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I talked. Well, with, they with Tim they Newton
1: they did a, They did an interview with me. Oh. Okay. Um, that that uh, where I I talked about my career. And it's supposed to be a part of one of the webisodes. Oh, that's what I'm talking that, about. The webisodes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I haven't about. seen that yet. Oh, you haven't seen it no, yet? It's, it's, see, it's, see, it's, I've it's seen coming it. out next Well, of course you have. You work oh. up there. Yeah, Ooh. see, I work there. I've, got already, it. I've got already seen, got seen it. Got it, okay. See, I've already seen it. Yeah, so right. that's coming out next because week.
0: Because I'm sitting in a spot where the edit room is, like here. To see, fans uh, listening can't, be, but that corner over there—that's where the edit room is. I hear everything. <laughs> I got you. I got you.
1: No, I knew that was coming. Okay, so you, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: that—that's what I'm talking about. Was the webisode? I didn't know that. I thought they would put it out this week. No, right?
1: they act this week. They put out uh, a a piece on Coquise and her. Uh, how, what brought her along oh, into okay. the coaching?
0: I knew they were working on that one too. Yeah. I thought because <laughs> Brandon, Brandon does right, does, Brandon, does all, that. Yes, does yes, all yes. that stuff. So that's what I okay. So I've got them flipped as to what they're. You were just doing. got the weeks backwards be, uh, as usual. <laughs> um, has it been tough to reflect? Yes. Why?
1: I well because uh, I'm saying goodbye to something that has been a part of two thirds of my adult life. Sure. Um, and I I did a piece for the Lady Lion Cager Club where I wrote that I have had a crazy life, um, and people that are close to me know how wild and crazy my life has been. But the only the the one constant in my life has been Lady Lion basketball. Mm. Uh, the one constant that has been a positive in my life uh, has been Lady Lion basketball. Uh, I'm going to miss it without without a doubt. But I I as we talked about before. I really think it's time, yeah. uh, and I'm looking forward to some time in Arizona.
0: How much has the game changed?
1: Oh, the game has changed dramatically. Uh, first of all, the ball. And I go back to, I talk to people about a player named Carol Walderman. Oh, sure. Who who played with a big ball and no three-point line, right. and she's in the top ten in scoring, yeah. and she only played three years. Imagine if she had played four years with a small yeah. ball, excuse me, and the three-point She came, uh, and she the came three-point from Colorado line. with a Yep, and that's Randy right, Troy. yep. Uh, so, uh, the game has changed dramatically. It's so much more physical now. Uh, the, the I remember... Is it, it better? Yes, because everybody likes to relate basketball to the men's game. Right. The men's game is very physical, mm-hmm. as, as you know. Yeah. Part of the problem is, the, the more physical it gets, the more disparity uh, and differences you have in interpretation of the rules that you run into in the women's game. Yeah. Uh, because you'll have, like the game last night at Michigan State, a very physical game, mm-hmm. but I thought was officiated very, very well. Right. There was some contact. There were some playthroughs. Uh, just things that I thought were well officiated. It was Barb Smith and Jeff Cross and Mark Zent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, they let them play. But called the the ones that should have been called, and there's some some referees who have a tendency not to do that.
0: Right, and that's why I get into my A, B, and C ratings. Yeah, there are A's, yeah. A's and B's and there are C's. Um, but that's in probably any profession.
1: But I think and the but, game is the is odd, progressing. But the
0: odd part is is that the NBA is less physical because
1: well, they don't want anybody to get hurt because they're paying well, them too much
0: money. Well, it's it's a pass shoot league, and if you step out Pass, of Pass, shoot, travel. Yeah, well, they, I mean, Gil Santos was doing a Celtics-Rockets game one time. Gil, Gil told me the story. And he's working the game. I think he was working with Tommy Heinsohn. The game's at Houston. It's Ralph Sampson's playing for the Rockets. Gets the ball. Boom, boom, boom. Windmill jam. Place goes absolutely insane. Unbelievable play. And Heinz and Gill look at the replay and Samson took four steps. (laughs)
1: Well they still do it. James Harden does it almost every time. I know. That's why I'm not a big NBA fan.
0: Uh, Well, it's it's interesting because
1: you change the rules to make the players better.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But they're they're essentially with fines they can take out flopping. With fines they can take out fiscal play. I think uh, uh, flopping's, flopping's got
1: to be somehow uh, ha- well, addressed by the officials. It's,
0: what's interesting is that I've watched in the last month, and I'm about to see Wisconsin. So uh, to me, these are what I've referred to as the Brad Davison rules. Not to put him down, but he's become really the poster guy for this. They've stopped calling it. Guy goes down. Okay. They let him go. I mean, uh, Stevens made the Happens play. Happens a game. lot in a women's Stevens game. Stevens made a play. You know, Dacus flops down. They like, Stephens looked around. And go fine. Passed it out to Dredd. Hit a three. Official one call. Last night there were four flops. Last night, two in each team didn't call any of them. And that's good. I mean, that's good. I know. I I think the next step has got to be this: right? the first two weeks of the regular season, where you can maybe buy a little time, start calling technical fouls.
1: Here's what I think they need to do, as far as officials. I think they need to enforce the coaches' box and reduce the coach's box. I know they just expanded it. <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're with these kids how much, uh, how much during the course of a week? They really need you at mid-court to tell them what play to run?
0: Also, and I'm, I'm
1: talking and men and, and women. And it also helps if you're courtside. The coaches, it's the well, I guess it the you, keeps the coaches out from in front of the uh, line of vision you're, for you're, their courtside radio announcers.
0: Are you going to do the game courtside?
1: Saturday? Yes, on Saturday.
0: That's all you've always wanted to do. that.
1: Yeah, you have, but you the, have been
0: campaigning for that. For well,
1: they're, they're they're it's for this game only because they want to see, uh, according to Chelsea Vielhauer, our SID person, they they want to see the how it works. Yeah. So they wanted yeah. they want to do that.
0: Congratulations, an thanks, awesome buddy. I appreciate career.
1: it. Yeah, it's been a blast. Awesome career. I've been a lucky man.
0: Yes, you have, and we have been lucky to have you as the voice of Lady basketball.